Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions, right here on the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Cavanaugh, and I am joined, as always, by a man who played for the Detroit Lions, played some pretty damn good football as well, led the inter- led the NFL in interceptions on his way to an all-pro season, Glover Quinn. Oh, yeah. What's up, man? How you doing? It's Friday. It's Friday. It's a good day. I've been enjoying my whole week. It's just it's just good. You know, it's that fall season. The air's starting to crisp up a little bit. It really feels like we're in the midst of football season. Yeah, man. Feel good. It's a great time of year, man. The weather is good. You know, it's cool enough in the in the in the winter states, but it's not super cold yet. Um Feels even good down south, you know. It's a little hot at times, but at nighttime it feels good. Fall is in the air. Sports is in full swing right now. Football's in almost midseason. Baseball is in. The 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 playoffs is exciting, and basketball is getting ready to start. So it's just a great time of year. It really is heading into week seven. We've got Halloween coming up. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, and we've got a date with the Baltimore Ravens coming up. The Ravens are five and one against the Detroit Lions all time. And the Lions right now are five and one. So could the script be flipped finally? You know what? I think it will. I think the Lions are going to play well. I think I think they're built for for this this type of game. I think, you know, the the times that the Ravens that I remember, you know, we we went up there in one of those years, probably 2017 or Yep. One of those years, and we lost to the Ravens up there. Um, just didn't play a good game. But um, the times that we played them in Detroit, they, you know, Justin Tucker's kicking field goals. And, you know, inside in the, on the turf, he's going to be automatic from even 66 yards to win, you know, beat us in 2013 on a 61-yarder. So I, I don't think um, being at home outside on the grass – that a 60-some yard field goal is going to save them this week. So I think this flip, the script will be flipped and the lines will be successful this week. And they had success last time they played the Baltimore Ravens just two years ago back in 2021, which feels weird that we're facing the Ravens again this early, but it's because they added that 17th game and it's okay, Lions and Ravens, both the first team out of the playoffs, so you get to play each other. And I'm kind of hoping this can be a stepping stone to who the Lions want to be because they played them tough last time. They frustrated Lamar Jackson. They had 28 yards rushing from their lead running back, Latavius Murray. The Lions did some good things and just choked it at the end. With the, I don't know if I want to say choked it, but Justin Tucker hits that incredible field goal. But the one area they struggled was Mark Andrews. He just lit them up. 109 yards on just five receptions. You can't have that from a tight end ever. No, 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 no. You can't. And and I don't think they'll give that up this year. I think the, the secondary is much better. I think the linebackers are much better. I also think the pass rush is much better. So that forces Andrews to have to stay in a couple of times. And Andrews getting a little older. He's, you know, 
I can't sit here and say he's the same tight end that he was. I haven't heard much from him. haven't watched a lot of the Ravens, to be honest with you, but I haven't seen him on a lot of the highlights either. So I can't sit here and say that he's that same guy. He's still probably a good red zone target, still probably a good safety blanket for Lamar, but I can't sit here and say that he's going to torch the line secondary again this year. But, you know, if we give up 100 yards to him and we continue to shut down the wide receivers and they shut down Zay Flowers, they don't let Odell Beckham get going because he hasn't been doing anything all year as well. I know he's been injured, uh, but he hasn't done anything all year. So if we keep those guys down, yeah, we'll give up 100 yards to to Mark Andrews, keep him out of the end zone, kind of be like the Panthers and Adam Thielen. So, hey, it is what it is. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. I'm fine with over 100 yards, just not on five grabs. You can't have a tight end averaging over 20 yards per reception on you. That is unacceptable football. But exactly, if you want to check it down to Mark Andrews like you did Adam Thielen, like we've seen some of these other teams do, I'm all for it. And I want to go back to you versus the Baltimore Ravens because maybe not a lot of people know this, but you did have a sack against Joe Flacco back in 2013 in Detroit. Yeah, I did. I had a sack against Joe Flacco in 2013. had an interception against Joe Flacco the year before that in 2012 uh, when I was with the Houston Texans. So, um, yeah, very familiar with the Ravens. Very familiar with the Ravens. Made a few plays in my days. Gave up some plays. That's part of the game. But um, yeah, I, I I got a pretty good history uh, against the Ravens. Even you know in 2013, that whole game, you know, I made a couple plays. I remember a couple pass breakups. Um, it was a Monday night game. I like to show up on prime time. I like yeah. that. <laughs> You always knew how to show up when the, the lights were brightest, including against the Baltimore Ravens. What was Joe Flacco like as an opponent, though? Because he is an awkward guy to watch from the from TV. I mean, when we played against Joe Flacco, honestly, I really was only concerned about the deep ball. That's what I will focus on that week, you know, really diving into, you know, the hand school would be a lot of deep balls. I want to see the ball because he's going to he could throw it far. Um, and at that time, you know, one year they had Mike Wallace, who was a, who was a speed receiver. Um, you know, they've always had some guys, Torrey Smith, um, that can go and get it. And so I was always expecting him to throw it deep. And as a safety, I always felt like that's where I'm gonna make my play from Joe Flacco, um, on the deep ball. And so that's kind of what it was. You never really worried about him running the ball. He wasn't really an emotional guy where you got into it with Joe Flacco. He was always just kind of quiet and just kind of whatever. Um, but you did know he was going to try to get the ball down the field. And so I would just always wait for him to try to make that mistake. Um, in 2012, when I caught the interception off of him, it was actually a tip ball. He was trying to throw it to uh, somebody, I think, on a slant across the middle. And somebody got their hands up and uh, hit it. 
and I kind of was able to dive and one hand catch it. Um, it was actually pretty cool interception. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't pick him off deep. Um, but he was definitely one of those guys that you thought was going to try to take you up top for sure. Yeah, that was the, why I describe it as awkward watching Joe Flacco because you see him on bootlegs and things like that, and it just it looks weird. But then all of a sudden, he just uncorks it and just throws an effortless seventy-yard ball through the air. So it's just weird. Yeah, he's he's definitely weird. Not an exciting player to watch, and I mean that's probably why they don't really talk about Joe Flacco now. I mean he's still playing, I think. Right? He was. I thought he was a backup with uh, somebody at one point. I don't think he's with the Jets anymore. Obviously, he was um, with the Jets last year, and I think he he's not on a team now, but he's open. He's not retired. He still wants to get that call once someone goes down and become a backup still. And seeing that's tough, right? You know, if you were with the Jets last year and they lose Aaron Rodgers the opening week, they don't bring you back. Like that's tough. You know, that's tough. It not is a good sign. Not a good sign. <laughs> not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. And it's a completely different Ravens team now that they've got Lamar Jackson in there. He has all the mobility that Joe Flacco didn't. So what are you looking at to stop Lamar Jackson? Because the Ravens have been weird this year. Lamar has been playing great. The offense can compete with the Lions, but then other times it just disappears, whether it's interceptions from Lamar, it's drops from his receivers. So what do you do to stop Lamar Jackson? That's a tough task. It is. You know, the thing you got to do to stop Lamar Jackson is hope Lamar Jackson stops himself. You know, if he comes out with that aggressive mentality that I'm going to win this game and he's more interested in running, this is going to be a tough day. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes Lamar getting that in that environment, that mindset where he want to throw the ball, and he don't look to run first. He looked to throw first and run second. If he comes out with that, I'm I'm going to get it. You know, I'm tired of losing. I don't want to lose anymore. Yada, yada, yada. I'm going to get it. And he starts to be aggressive early. That could open up some things in the past for him. Um, it's going to be a huge test for our front seven, our linebackers in our D-line. Aiden Hutchinson, those guys are going to have to keep him in the pocket, put some pressure on him force him to get rid of the ball and secondary is going to have to be able to make plays. It's difficult, uh, you know, when quarterbacks scramble on you. But the one thing I will say that about Lamar Jackson, just going off of memory and just some games that I've watched, it's a difference when a quarterback scrambles to scramble and when a quarterback scrambles to throw. Right. So what I mean is Lamar Jackson once he tucks the ball to run, he's generally running. You don't see him, and some I mean, I guess sometimes you may, but he's not just trying to dance around in the backfield and then throw it 60 yards. Like once he tucks the go, he's probably going. So those linebackers, once you see him pull that ball down, you're gonna have to come and try to to get him contained. Because if you sit back and wait and wait and wait, now he's going to really get in the open field where he can be really, really dangerous. 
And that's kind of the duality of facing a Lamar Jackson because you need to get pressure on him. You have to force him to make some throws under pressure. But at the same time, we saw against Geno Smith, they would get the pressure and then he would just escape the contain and then make a play, whether it was with his arms or with his legs. And so you need to get the pressure, but you also have to stop him from escaping that pressure. And he's just such a magician. It's going to be hard to do. You've got to be on your P's and Q's. What are you emphasizing in practice this week? Is It's not tackling, I imagine, or is it tackling? Is it tackling? I mean, is it contained? I mean, I think you're emphasizing both. You, you're definitely emphasizing tackling. You de- you, you're emphasizing keeping him in the pocket, right? And you got to tackle in space. You know, you got to keep contained and keep him going, you know, up the field. You let him get outside the pocket, that's going to be tough. It puts a lot of pressure on you. And so you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to tackle in space. DBs, you got to be able to stay in coverage because, like I said, the linebackers, once he's take off, they got to come and try to close the gap. DBs, you got to stay in coverage because you can't give up a big play because Lamar takes off running because he is an NFL quarterback. If he sees a guy running wide open, he will stop and throw the ball. So um, DBs got to work on plastering and standing coverage. Linebackers and D linemen, they got to just work on rushing, 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 staying in their lanes, not getting too far up the field, giving him rushing lanes and all these different things. It's a totally different rush path than playing against a a quarterback that you're not fearing to run. A quarterback that you fear can run, it's a totally different path that you take as a rusher. It's a totally different mindset, and they got to make sure they stay locked in. They absolutely need to because just one play, one lapse in judgment, and he's gone. And it becomes even tougher because how do you practice? How do you simulate this in practice given the Lions' current roster? Because Jared Goff ain't doing that. Teddy Bridgewater's not doing that. Tendon Hooker's still on injured reserve, so he's not doing it. Adrian Martinez, I don't even know if he's on the practice squad still. He's not doing it. So do you bring in a receiver? Do you bring in a DB? Like, How do you simulate Lamar Jackson if you're the Lions? Well, I mean, it all depends on what you're working on. Yeah. Um, you know, if you really want to focus and emphasize on the the, the pass rush in, in a period and is, yeah, you'll put a wide receiver back there, you know, put a wide receiver back there. The DBs are probably not even involved. Um, they're probably down on the other end doing plaster drills, just, you know, plastering wide receivers, making sure they keep their eyes on the wide receivers. But yeah, you put a wide receiver back there, and now you're just trying to make sure you stay in your lanes. We know we know the quarterback is going to run because he's a wide receiver, right? He's back there to run, but he's going to give you a look. And then you know when he wants to throw the ball, when they want to throw the ball, they probably put Teddy in there because Teddy kind of throw like Lamar, um, so very similar from a throwing standpoint. Um, and you know they may even put Teddy in there as a. At just as the guy, because like I said, it's going to be your rush lanes that is important. No, you can't really, you know, simulate his speed and how he's going to do it. But if Teddy, if Teddy takes off in practice and there's a lane, Teddy might can't get through that lane, but you know, Lamar will. So you still have to be honest with yourself on film and say, hey, guys, this is not the rush that we want. Don't get caught up on it being Teddy Bridgewater. That's the quarterback. Understand that we're practicing for Lamar, and this is what we want to get done. And so if Teddy can't do that, then, yeah, you put a wide receiver out there to get it done. It's going to be a lot of pressure on this Detroit Lions defense. And 
that brings me to what do you do in the secondary? Do you, because we already talked about Mark Andrews. He's had a quieter season. He and Zay Flowers kind of going back and forth. They, in the games they've played, they five played five games together. Two games, Mark Andrews is the wide receiver one. Two games, Zay Flower is. And one game, they tied. So what do you do? Do you bracket either of these guys? Or do you just play straight up football? Because you got Odell Beckham, who's been kind of not a lot. Nelson Aguilar, who has speed but hasn't done a lot. So what do you do? I mean, I think you just play it straight up at first and see what's, what's going on. I mean, those guys have probably intently studied the film and understand how they're trying to use those guys in different situations. Um, and so I think you just kind of start out playing it straight up and seeing what their game plan is and how they're trying to do stuff and what they really want to get done. And then if you need to make some adjustments, you can always go to your double calls or your things like that. If you need to take somebody out the game, if they're causing problems. Um, but I think initially they'll play it straight up and just kind of see what's going on. And that's kind of what I was leaning towards too, just because you don't know how they're going to try to attack you and you don't know what you can do straight up. Mark Andrews, given the safety play from the Lions this year, they could just end up blanketing him. Same with the linebackers. So I, I don't know what to expect. It's, the Ravens are so weird. They've been so underwhelming this year, but you know, just all it takes is one play and they're gone. Same with Odell Beckham. We haven't seen it yet, but Odell Beckham has that talent. You've seen it firsthand. Right. And that's the thing, you know, he, he, he's been a great player in this league. You know, he's dealt with some injuries and things like that. And they're tough to come back off of coming back off of ACL. Then you come back, you hurt your ankle and you're out. So it just takes a little while to get your legs under you get going, all these things, but we know he's a talented guy. Um, Is he the same guy? Probably not, you know, but he's still a talented guy. He still has the ability to make plays and he hasn't really got going this year. And we don't want this to be the game that he gets going. So we got to make sure that we understand the ability that he has, even though he hasn't really done a lot this year, understanding the ability that he does have and making sure that we keep him under wraps. And that's something that you have done in the past. Last time you faced Odell Beckham, he caught four of his five targets, only 36 yards, and the Lions win the game 24-10. It was a pretty good day against the Giants. Not one of the games you had interceptions against the Giants, but you've had a lot of good games against the Giants. Yeah, man. In that game, I remember making the play on Odell Beckham and freaking jacked up my finger. You see my finger right here? Whoo. Yeah. 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 Broke it, obviously? No, it's like tendons, ligaments, or something. Uh, So when I first did it, it was like this. And, like, I could feel it in my glove. I'm like, ah. Take my glove off. It goes straight here. Boop. Just like that. Boop. (laughs) And it didn't... uh, didn't impact you catching the football too much? No, no. Man, when the ball's coming in the air, it, there is no pain or anything that's going to stop me. Like, I can deal with <laughs> – bro, I caught my first three interceptions of my career with a cast on my hand. My, my <laughs> whole hand was broke. <laughs> this is when, when the ball is up, it is what it is at this point. Because whether I catch it or not, it's still going to hurt. If I <laughs> drop it, it's still going to hit my hands, Right. So might as well catch it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Glover Quinn. When the ball goes in the air, it's Glover Quinn's. No matter what pain you're dealing with. (laughs) I'm planning on getting it. Just being honest. Love the mentality there. And I'm excited to see what this Lions defense can do against the Ravens. Looks like we're going to have Brian Branch back finally as well. Will Harris is filled in well, but Brian Branch is 
an all pro player in the making and Josh Pascal might be back as well. Edge rusher, defensive tackle kind of plays both. So Lions getting some reinforcements on defense. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, I saw Jameer Gibbs may be back out there too, but to get Brian Branch back. And like you say, for Will Harris to play well in his absence, you know, that's just, that's just a good confidence booster for him. That's a good confidence booster for the coaches. And, you know, you just find more ways to, to, Hey, you know what? Maybe he deserved and earned a, another role to where when Brian does come back, we still can find ways to get him on the field because he can help us. And so you just never know. He's a good sized kid, big body. So who knows what happens? Um, but I think it was very important for him to play well in the time that Brian was out. And, you know, now that Brian could possibly be back, that's a, obviously a huge upgrade um, for the Lions defense. Getting Josh Pascal hopefully back out there give you some reinforcements on the defense because they have to continue to stop the run. They can't allow uh, the running backs of the Baltimore Ravens to get going. Lamar Jackson is a different animal, um, but you can't allow the running backs to get going because now you got the running back going and you got Lamar Jackson to deal with. So you got to make sure you're stopping the running backs and then you're doing everything you can to contain Lamar Jackson. And that's the other danger with Lamar Jackson is even when he's not running the football, if it's a read option, you got to stay in your rush lanes because otherwise the running back's just going to take advantage of that. Like we've seen so many times over the years with Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, just anyone who lines up back there with Lamar. Yeah, and, you know, it's unfortunate J.K. Dobbins got hurt and went down week one. I know they had a lot of high expectations for him. Um, but they those guys keep a, a decent running back, somebody back there. I mean, it's NFL football. And so you got to expect, and I don't even know who the running back is, but you got to expect that he's going to be ready to go. And they're coming off of a loss, if I'm not mistaken. They're coming off a loss. Um, they, they won last week against They won the last Vikings. week. They lost the week before. Yeah. Against Steelers the Bengals. Lost. Steelers. You're right. So they were at three and two right now. They are three, three and two or three and three, three and two. Yeah. Three and three. Because I don't think three they and have three. Yet. Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to try to get a win. They don't want to fall to three and four under 500. Um, so they're going to be fighting to get that win at home. So those guys are going to be ready to go. The Lions going to have to show up and be ready to play. And they're coming off a three-game stretch where they face the Browns, the Steelers, and the Titans all on the road, hoping that a home game can be a good thing for this offense. But as we've seen, the Detroit Lions are taking over stadiums. We might see a lot of blue in Baltimore which helps the uh, the Lions offense, helps the Lions defense. And with this Lions offense, we've talked a lot about the Lions defense going up against the Ravens. What about this Ravens defense versus this Lions offense? Because I don't know what to make of it. The, are the Ravens the best defense that they've faced? Are they middle of the pack? I, I truly don't know. Yeah, I don't either. And like I said, I haven't watched a lot of the Ravens. I'm just going to be honest. They haven't really been exciting for me to watch this year. Um, I know historically they've had a good defense, but I'm not one of those play those guys that give you credit for history. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys wasn't a part of the 2000 Ravens. You guys wasn't a part of those great defenses. You got to earn your stripes in this league. I know Roquan Smith is a great linebacker. He's been, you know, doing that for a while. I don't know anybody big time they have on the D line this year. Um, I'm not saying they don't have guys. Um, but I would think their linebackers is probably their, their, their core of their defense. And I know they drafted the safety from Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Um, 
I think he's out there. Marlon Humphrey has been there for a while. He's a playmaker. You got to know where he's at. Um, but I don't really know what they have defensively um, from a corner standpoint outside of Marlon Humphrey. Um, not saying those guys can't play, but I just haven't really seen them making that much noise this year. So hopefully the Lions know a lot more about them than than I do, and they go out there and take care of business. They're one of those teams that they they win ugly. They stuff the run with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. They right. they do get some pressures. Jadavian Clowney signed there late uh, late in training yeah, camp. He's got that. three and a half sacks and he's been solid. But there's not really much opposite of him because they've had so many injuries. So it's just it's a weird defense. They've had a lot of success, but it's not been pretty. It's been all ugly success. If you know right, what so the Lions can't help them. Put it like yeah. that. Yeah. You can't turn the ball over and help them, you know. Um, can't get caught up in playing in Baltimore and M&T Stadium, Bank Stadium. Can't get caught up in the atmosphere and all those things. You got to go out and stick to your game plan and and take care of the football. If you do that and force the Ravens to go the long, hard way, I think, you know, you're going to give yourself a better chance to win. Exactly. And the Ravens defense, they could be the best that the Lions face. They could be better than KC, Atlanta, and the Bucks, or they could be worse than all three of those teams. It's the Ravens are just a big question mark right now. They have so much talent, so much upside. We just haven't really seen it. So I'm excited to see this Lions passing game against the Ravens. I'm excited to see Jameer Gibbs against these linebackers because there's going to be no David Montgomery. Last time the Lions faced the Ravens, though, DeAndre Swift went over 70 yards, receiving 60 yards on the ground. So he had himself a day. Hopefully something similar from Jameer Gibbs. But again, that was before Roquan Smith came to town. Yeah, hopefully Jameer Gibbs can. You know, and the thing that scares me is it's been his first game back. And, you know, that's how I feel about a hamstring. So um, hopefully they don't try to let him carry the ball 30 times and, and put that much strain on him his first game back. Craig Reynolds did some stuff last week that, you know, I know they trust Craig. They like Craig. So hopefully he can take a little bit of the pressure and some of the carries off Jameer because coming off a hamstring injury, you just don't want him to have such a huge load that he end up re-injuring it and being out for longer this time. So I I will hope that they will be able to kind of work him back in slowly um, and, and not put, you know, 25, 30 touches on him in his first game back from a hamstring. It would be different if it was something else, but a hamstring, those things are tough. Yeah, something like six to eight carries, four to six receptions, something like that, 12-ish touches that work for you? I mean, I, I and I think it all depends on how the game is going. You know, I wouldn't, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with 20 touches. It just, you know, you look at 20 touches, that's five a quarter. Well, yep. six a quarter, something like that, right? A couple runs. Maybe a pass out the backfield here or there, but you like. I don't think you want to get in a situation where you're just handing him the ball over and over and over, and then throwing it to him over and over and over. Like, I think you know, twelve to eighteen touches would be great over the course of a game. You know what I'm saying? Not just blowing out the first half. Right. But over the course of a game, four quarters, you get 12 to 18 touches. I think that would be good. And I think the Lions would be happy with that with his first game back. And I would be thrilled with that kind of performance from Jameer Gibbs. Hope to see it. Hope to see a big game from Jared Goff as well. 
Sounds like he's got a contract extension coming. Dan Campbell saying that he needs to be here with us, and I don't expect it to happen during the season, but it's pretty clear that Jared Goff is the future of the Lions, especially if he has another game like he just did last week. Yeah, I would too. I mean, he hasn't done anything to show that he can't lead this team to to where they want to go. He's been to a Super Bowl before um, with with the Rams. So I, I think he's the guy. You don't just find franchise quarterbacks walking on the street every day. Um, so, I mean, when you got one in the building, you got to do everything you can to keep him. And I don't think he's done anything to show that he can't be the guy. He's played well. He's protected the ball. He's ran and executed the offense the way they want to do it. And so I think it's a no-brainer that they got to lock him up. Lock up Jared Goff, hopefully after he throws another couple of touchdown passes to the Lions' newest leprechaun, Amon Ross St. Brown. Did you see Amon Ross St. Brown had to dress as a leprechaun yesterday at practice after not a bet, an agreement with Julian Aquara, and the agreement took place outside of the Lions' facility. He wanted to emphasize that, but Notre Dame smoked USC, and so Amon Ross St. Brown's a leprechaun. No question. That's that's those are the fun things that happen, you know, and and I think you should be able to do that stuff. I mean, NFL football, all these guys come from college. So when when your when your teams are playing, you know, I uh, my school, New Mexico Lobos, we played against UMass earlier in the year. And one of the safeties that I played with in my time in Detroit, James Ahedibo, he went to UMass. And, you know, we're talking smack and trash, you know, obviously. And my school ended up winning. And, you know, and I kind of told him I was just joking. But when I was playing, I kind of felt like it was like one of those things where it's like if our schools are playing and we're the same caliber of schools, it's almost like an automatic bet. Like we don't have to say, hey, we're betting. It's like an automatic bet. And what is 20 bucks, 100 bucks? It's like automatic You know what I'm saying? Now, if my school is playing, which is New Mexico, and we're playing like Notre Dame or LSU, well, that's not an automatic bet, bro. We're not on the same level. But if we're playing another mountain, like if we're playing Fresno State or, you know what I'm saying, the schools that are on our level, it's kind of like an automatic bet. So USC, Notre Dame, that's an automatic bet. Automatic. Automatic. And I'm pretty sure they talked about it, uh, but that's an automatic bet. Yeah, automatic bet or an automatic agreement. Lions are being very careful with the word bet nowadays. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, the NFL. We've got a good weekend of NFL football coming up ahead, though. Lions, Ravens, any final thoughts, any score predictions on the Lions, Ravens or just the NFL in general? Well, I said it last week, you know, I think the Lions needed to go on the road to Tampa Bay and show that they're a good football team. And sometimes you have to go on the road. I'm not going to say sometimes, but you have to go on the road and win tough games if you want to be considered and taken seriously in the NFL. And so they did that last week. They went on the road to Tampa, a tough defense, and they played a tough road game, and they won 20-6. to Defense showed up, played well. Offense showed up, did enough to put up 20 points and then turn the ball over and they just grinded it out and got the win. I look for this to be the same type of game. They have to go to Baltimore and win a tough game 
on the road. It builds character. It builds all those things that's going to help you in the playoffs, down the stretch, fighting for a playoff spot, all those different things. So I look for the Lions to take that same mentality on the road and, and follow Dan Campbell and go grind it out. I'm going to give the Lions the victory again. And the score prediction I'm going to go with this time, I'm not going to give them over 30 points. I'm going to give them a kind of like what it was last week. I'm going to give it a 24 to 20 win Lions. And that would be a close game for the Lions. But as a three-point underdog, which doesn't make any sense to me, I am here for it. Lions should be favored over the Ravens. Lions with the 24 to 20 victory. Love to see it. Love to hear it. Any final thoughts on the NFL in general? Nah, man. Nah. Just keep watching. Keep supporting. Hope your favorite team is playing well. The parity is 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 crazy in this league. We saw teams, the 49ers go on the road to Cleveland and get beat last week. The, the Eagles go and get beat. There's no undefeated teams now. Everybody is beatable week in and week out. If you don't show up to play, you will get beat. So have at it. Have at it. Let's see the Lions move to six and one still potentially still tied for the first in the NFC. Maybe the Eagles lose, maybe the Niners lose, and maybe the Lions, next time we talk to you, are first in the NFC all by themselves. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.